You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Top Podcast. I'm your coach, Jason. Your call is Danny. And fans, we have a full show for you today. Look, NBA All-Star Weekend, boy, was it fantastic. Women's soccer national team and the ruling on their equal pay lawsuit and a very intriguing trading car scenario. But first, Danny, NBA All-Star Weekend. And Danny, this NBA All-Star Weekend was something special where the introduction of the 75th anniversary team uh, was made at halftime um, on the uh, All-Star game itself. And, man, it was just something unbelievable to really uh, see uh, the players, mm-hmm. the current players, former players, uh, to be introduced, to see how they really congregate towards one another or not congregate towards one another. Uh, there was some handshakes some daps that were just left in the air. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it was still unbelievable to really see those who were not in attendance did a, uh, a video uh, representation of them being there, waving into the camera and looking in the corners <laughs> and all that stuff. But nonetheless, uh, that part was absolutely fantastic, Danny. What say you? Jason, man, that was a trip down memory lane. And I was sitting there watching. And, you know, a lot of these guys have aged and everything. But then mm-hmm. you see them like, I know that person. I know that person. There's mm-hmm. Ro Monroe. Mm-hmm. There's Willis Reed. And mm-hmm. just to see that collection of talent on one stage at one time and the emotions and what it took you back to like all their moments and I had to I had to watch that over again man because it was so nostalgic Mm -hmm. and that was awesome how they put that together um at the half for the halftime show during the all-star game and so you know one of the things that I found really intriguing throughout the weekend was actually the uh draft of the 75 or 76 (laughs) players uh, with uh, four additional uh, players, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, to make it a cool 80 um, players. Uh, but, Danny, that was absolutely phenomenal. You had the likes of Dominique Wilkins. Then you had uh, the great Jerry West logo, Jerry mm-hmm. West on there, uh, Sue Bird. You had D.L. Hughley. You had Quavo mm-hmm. uh, on there as well. Uh, drafting these players uh to form a team and at the end of it uh, apparently the nba has this app in where they can actually score and calculate how well you actually drafted compared to who you drafted mm-hmm. against and man that was absolutely phenomenal you had the uh tnt crews for both the tuesday night and thursday night crews man and it was absolutely golden i'll have to say you know just being able to hear the logo Jerry West 
give the stories, man, about some of these draft picks, about just some of the behind the scenes things that he either uh, knew about or heard about with regards to whether he drafted the players mm-hmm. or he played with the players or he just interacted with the players, man, to hear his stories was this man, TV gold. And yeah. uh, I have to say probably one of the funniest moments though, was the number one pick <laughs> and where the human highlight film, Dominique Wilkins selected none other than himself <laughs> at the number one pick, man. I ain't mad at you, Dominique. He's like, I listen, I'm making sure that this one player gets drafted appropriately. And that player was none other than him. Mm-hmm. And what did he say? I'm going to go with me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Human highlight film. I love it. Mm-hmm. And so, man, this was just one of the highlights for me personally of the all-star weekend. Now I will say when I introduced our agenda, I say, was it fantastic? The NBA all-star weekend. And that question honestly came up because of what happened or did not happen on Saturday night. Yep. In particular, the dunk contest, Danny. Now, I will say I actually enjoyed the new format for the skills challenge. Mm-hmm. That was pretty interesting. It was kind of cool. They could probably do a couple more tweaks here and there. Yep. But the concept, in my opinion, uh, is spot on. Um the Anantokounmpo brothers did not advance, but nonetheless, it was still the good. It was still good to see them press and exert that energy yep. uh, and all uh, versus some of the other teams that you know this kind of Lexi Davis uh, went went through the process. But nonetheless, man, I think they're on to something with the skills challenge. Um, they're on to something with the three point contest uh, by introducing obviously the. Uh, the not only the money balls, obviously that's always been there in the money ball tray or excuse me, a money ball rack, but then they have the actual three point Mountain Dew yeah. uh, balls on, on the wings or what have you. So I think that part's cool. Uh, so they're getting those contests, right? Yep. Where they always lack from year to year is the dunk contest, Danny. And I have to say, I and this is just my opinion, my personal opinion. Yep. This is probably the worst dunk contest ever. It's one of. <laughs> it definitely ranks down there. Yes. It ranks very low. They're going to have to do some tweaks to that. I mean, one year they would have a shot clock to, you know, kind of speed things along the, along the way. And this year, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to the shot clock or the timer. I mean, this seemed like things went on and on and on. And yeah. one year, and then one year they had, you only had so many attempts at a dunk. And then this year, I don't know what happened. You, if you don't, you can go and jump in the air and that's not considered a, an attempt. Yeah. So it was a whole lot of that. And it just went on and on and on and on. And I'm telling you, man, that was probably the worst, one of the worst dunk contests uh, that I can recall. What say you, Danny? Jason, skills challenge was cool. I, I like that when they added that a while back. thought that was a good twist on how uh, for the night. Three-point contest is always 
usually the highlight of the night because it's so exciting. You know, those dudes are trying to win and they're and Carl Anthony Towns ended up pulling it off. But the big man, he was on fire in that round, man. He put up 29 and uh, the slam dunk. Obi Toppin, truth be told, he did have some good dunks. But I think it got overshadowed because everyone else was struggling. And there was no name recognition in a slam dunk contest. And I think that's where if you don't have names in there that people are drawn to, people are going to watch it no matter what, right? Because it's a staple in the all-star Saturday night. But if you do this kind of product next year, it's, you, I don't know what, I don't know if you have to pull it because it's hard to create dunks now. You know, when Levine and Aaron Gordon went at it, Back in, I think it was 2016. Mm-hmm. Since then, you've had some sprinkles here and there, some good dunks. But, mm-hmm. man, they brought it all out in that in that slam dunk contest. If you remember that, Aaron mm-hmm. Gordon, I thought, got robbed. You talking about Neek in 88? Aaron Gordon, <laughs> there was some shady stuff going on with Aaron Gordon in that slam dunk contest against Zach Levine. I think he got robbed a couple of times. In a yes, he did. Contests, man. That's why he vowed never to do it again. Yep. So. I don't know. You hate to pull it, but unless they can get the star power to come in and then participate, because I think if there's stars mm-hmm. in there, people can at least tolerate it. But mm-hmm. there are people that are not household names. We know them because we watch the NBA, but there's a lot of viewership coming in that are not the common viewers of games on like a Tuesday night. So yep. Cole mm-hmm. Anthony and Jose Toscano Anderson you know, the list and Toppin and the other dude. Like I said, Obi Toppin had that dunk, that final dunk he did when he touched the glass and then dunked it. That was a tough dunk. Yeah, it was. It was. Like I said, it just got overshadowed by the overall <laughs> the overall uh, contest. So and, and, I'm curious you know, to see how they pivot out of this next year. And, you know, his dunks, it wasn't power dunks per se. Yes, that was during clean dunks, but nonetheless, it was still some good solid dunks. You know, in listening to a lot of personalities talk about how to improve the uh, dunk contest, but someone indicated possibly bringing in people from, you know, various ballparks or Mm -hmm. across the country or have a uh, you know, nationwide tournament leading up to the all-star weekend and those who win that tournament or what have you can, yeah. you know, shine at the uh, all-star game itself. You know, th- those are interesting, interesting uh, suggestions. The only thing I would say is, I mean, there's a whole lot to be worked out behind the scenes on that though, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to have these uh, dunkers to dunk during all-star weekend, you know, I mean, you got to think about insurance policies. You have to think exactly. about the liability. Uh, yep. Yeah, just the health insurance, um, all all of the uh, necessities that, uh, just to get onto the court. And then once you get on the court, you got to think about, well, some of these dunkers probably or may not have had this big of a crowd in yeah. front of them. Can they really perform under the lights? There's just a whole lot to factor into, you know, getting 
non-NBA, if you will, players um, to really kind of go along with this. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, a great opportunity there, but I think it's something that it is worth worth having a discussion over. I agree. I think a lot of these dunkers that professionally do it, if you want to say it that way, mm-hmm. they have a following on social media. So they're going to bring that. They would bring that to the contest. But yeah, how far do you go? Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things like, uh, what's the singing show? Uh, American Idol kind of thing where <laughs> you audition them. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's a tournament to get to the big show. So mm-hmm. if that's what it takes, I'm all for it. I'm all for watching some cool dunks. So I don't care who it is. From the average fan's perspective, if they bomb, then obviously they'll blow up in the face because it doesn't have the star, star power. But if these dudes are out there doing crazy dunks, I'm sure everyone will be cool with it. Mm-hmm. Another interesting thing that happened during the NBA All-Star Weekend was the first ever uh, HBCU game. Um, it was the inaugural NBA HBCU Classic uh, and where Howard actually beat Morgan State University 68 to 66. And I did watch a very good portion of this game. And mm-hmm. uh, it was very interesting, intriguing. I think uh, both teams, well, more so uh, Howard, I think uh, at the very beginning here, um, the lights were probably a little bright, mm-hmm. but they settled in and they really started to grind things out. And Morgan State kind of, uh, fell a little bit by the wayside. I think Howard started off the first half with like about 17 turnovers. Uh, and, uh, and then ultimately, though, uh, they prevailed by winning, again, 68 to 66. Very good game. Very interesting game. Uh, I think this is something uh, worth, honestly, uh, building on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great opportunity here for both schools, both teams to uh, get funding and things of that nature. So, man, this is, I think, was an all-around win-win-win situation. Uh, not only that, man, but the level of exposure that both teams and universities actually received, not only from TNT, but this was simulcast uh, across a, a couple other networks, I believe TBS and, and um, uh, NBA TV as well. Uh, so this was definitely a national audience. And Man, great exposure for both teams of both schools. What say you, Danny? Yeah, Jay, I think you said it well, man. It was, I watched the game as well. And I agree. They, for the, the kids to go on a stage like that, they're the first inaugural game. It's just a lot going on there emotionally. Mm-hmm. And playing, you know, in front of who they're playing in front of. So, yeah, like you said, at, once they settled down, that was not good for Morgan State because Morgan State, you know, in the second half, they're up, I think, 10 or so. And mm-hmm. then Howard kept chipping away. And then at the end, Howard ended up winning. Uh, Morgan State did have their opportunities, but uh, came up a little short. But, yeah, all in all, man, this was great for, like you said, raising the funds, mm-hmm. uh, the visibility, uh, just positive impact on the community you know as a whole so kudos to the nba for uh setting this up and getting this going and look forward to seeing who's next year's game and then finally danny ultimately the all-star game happened i absolutely enjoyed the format 
that the NBA All-Star Game actually uh, has as of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Team LeBron prevailed 163 to 160. Steph Curry just had a phenomenal, oh my gosh, one for the ages type games uh, where he scored 50, was going for the all-time record, scoring record. Uh, fell a little short there, but nonetheless, man, put on a show mm-hmm. in front of the all-time greats. How cool is that, man? And ultimately to get the new, newly uh, renovated, newly designed MVP Kobe Bryant trophy, man, that was just a great, great weekend for Steph Curry uh, and all. But, man, what an awesome, awesome uh, display of of what he does behind the scenes to ultimately show it on the court in front of the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, Team LeBron wins. I think that makes him five and zero in these All Star games under this new format. Uh, the format has gotten better year after year and after year. And man, it was a, it was actually an entertaining game. What say you, Danny? Yeah, Jay, this one, yeah, like you said, they're playing for the scholarship money for their organization, so there's a lot on the line. And uh, yeah, the end of those quarters. They're playing hard, man. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, at first they're kind of, you know, letting, the, you know, a usual all-star game. But, shoot, there was some defense in there, some blocks. Giannis blocked Middleton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Middleton kind of looked like, man, where'd you come from? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, and then Steph Curry's performance was off the charts. And to see it live. And then to watch some of the replays where he hit the shots, where he was looking at the crowd and where he was pulling some of those threes. Cause that, you know, you're kind of sitting there and then I'm like, damn, he has to have like 10 threes. And then all of a sudden they start showing the graphic. <laughs> Joel Embiid, man, he was on his way. If they were to won that game, team Durant, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, that was Joel Embiid's MVP, even though mm-hmm. Steph had the 50, I think Joel Embiid may have snatched it from him if they were to won, even mm-hmm. though Steph did what he did. All in all, a great game, highly contested. So, yeah, the yeah. Elam mm-hmm. rule where they, you know, played to the 24 for Kobe in honor mm-hmm. of Kobe. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome because they're playing hard that whole time because mm-hmm. they want to get that victory. And then for LeBron to win in Cleveland with the fadeaway because they're mm-hmm. trying to get Steph that uh, scoring record. And yep. Steph just couldn't knock the shots down. I think his mm-hmm. legs may got him at the end, but. For LeBron to take it and put in, get in the uh, post, fade away, and hit that shot in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Man, great weekend for Cleveland. The whole shebang, man. They had a great all-star weekend. I was, like I said, you never know the all-star weekends. How You know, you're always anticipating something good, but this one lived up to it and exceeded my expectations. And Danny, very interesting news sports news uh that came up that bleeds into everyday life um the u.s women's national uh team for soccer uh settled a lawsuit um it was a settlement of 24 million dollars uh and where 22 million dollars would go uh, ultimately to the players themselves and two million dollars would go into an account for uh, post-career goals uh, and charitable, charitable efforts. Uh, and this lawsuit was uh, centered around equal pay uh, and all. And so 
this lawsuit finally has uh, been settled. Uh, it's interesting um, that it had to be settled, um, in my opinion. Um, I was hoping that it would ultimately just that the women would get their full due, their full uh, amount of money that they were requesting, quite honestly. Uh, because, Danny, let me just tell you this, man. Over the years, I have actually watched more women's soccer from the women, women's national team mm-hmm. than I have men's soccer from the yep. national team. Uh, from the multiple World Cups, the quali- where it's qualifying, mm-hmm. whether it's tournaments, whatever, they have actually played. They have become eligible to play. I can't say that about the men's national team and where they haven't qualified to get into these big tournaments or the World Cups or what have you. And so I've watched more women's um, soccer than men's. And women's soccer team have actually won multiple World Cups. And so to me, it's only right that they get a bulk of the money, man. I mean... Mm -hmm they're winning mm-hmm. uh, sponsorships and everything should be all over uh, women's sport, women national team for soccer. Um, they should rightfully get uh, the money in my opinion. So uh, it was good to hear that they got their money, but also I wish they would have gotten even more gotten their full ass quite honestly. Um, and there may be some things that goes on behind the scenes with that with regards to, just how much money does the federation or the association actually has to, you know, really give things of that nature kind of probably went into that. It's about time that they definitely gotten the money. And to my understanding, moving forward, they are going to be equally paid. So mm-hmm. uh, kudos to them on that. Uh, and um, kudos to them for standing up for what they believe in yep. and uh, ultimately getting their uh, just due. Go say you, Danny. Yeah, Jason, this is long overdue. I've watched more women's soccer than men's soccer from a national perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it makes sense, right? As successful as they have been. And this is just more evolution of kind of where we're going mm-hmm. uh, from an equal rights perspective on certain things, right? Mm-hmm. And they fought for what they believed in and they deserved it, definitely. From a soccer perspective, yeah, man, this is a global sport. And the women have showed time and time again the success of the program and mm-hmm. executing. I congratulate them on getting this settled. Like like you said, there was more money on the table that possibly could have went their way. But at least to get this going, now they're on equal footing. And going forward, mm-hmm. um, everything should be on the up and up. So we'll have to keep an eye, keep our eyes on this to see if anything else falls out from this. But um, congratulations to the U.S. Women's National Team on this uh, settlement. And now, Danny, we have an interesting train car scenario. Who we got? So, Jason, in honor of T-Mac versus AIs versus battle last Friday night, we're talking about Tracy McGrady's 1997 Topps Chrome Rookie Card for Zach Levine's 2014 Panini Donruss Rookie Card. A couple quick bios. Tracy McGrady was selected ninth 
in the 1997 NBA draft by the Toronto Raptors out of high school. Uh, he averaged 19.6 points, 5.5 rebounds, four assists, and was a career 43% field goal uh, shooter. Seven-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, seven-time All-NBA, and a Hall of Famer. Zach Levine was the 13th pick in the 2014 dra draft out of UCLA by the Minnesota Timberwolves after his freshman year. And so currently in his career, he's averaging 19.5 points, four rebounds, four assists, 46% field goal percentage. And he's a two-time All-Star and was on the all-rookie team. So, Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? This was a tough one, Danny. When I thought about T-Mac, I thought about him going to uh, Toronto mm -hmm. uh, and ultimately going with um, uh, Vince Carter, uh, Air Canada, right? Mm -hmm. And just that duo and then him going to the likes of uh, Orlando uh, and everything where – he uh, ultimately carried the uh, franchise uh, himself um, for quite a bit of time there. Yep. Uh, the, the goal was to uh, have a duo with uh, Grant Hill down in Orlando that this wasn't the case. So, so Tracy McGrady did carry Orlando to ultimately go to Houston to carry Houston. Here you have Tracy McGrady, who was actually a scoring champion. Here you have a Tracy McGrady who man was just lethal offensively mm -hmm. and I thought about Zach Levine and where man Zach Levine is a special guard man I mean just his explosion off the off the floor the dunks that he has his agility uh the whole nine I think that's why we selected these two uh players because man just how agile they are and how wiry they can be. Zach Levine's book is not finished yet yep. in his NBA career. Like you said, he is a two-time All-Star. Um, he's on the um, all-rookie team as well. Mm -hmm. And the big question for me, though, is when we talk about cards, we talk about the value, mm -hmm. I think about, obviously, the potential that Zach Levine has. But then also think about what Tracy McGrady has done. Yep. Can the potential measure up to what has been done? Talking about a seven-time All-Star, seven-time All-NBA, seven-time All-NBA. Yep. Zach Levine doesn't have an All-NBA all as of yet. He can get to the seven All-Stars. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to get to seven being a seven time all NBA, especially uh, now in the Eastern Conference, if he decides to stay in the next conference. Heck, if he decides to go to the Western Conference, it's going to be hard to be a seven time all NBA player. Yep. With that, Danny, in my portfolio, I'm going to have to go with Tracy McGrady uh, because he's a scoring champion. I can pull out his trading card. And I can tell a story yep. of how Tracy McGrady scored so many points in what, 10 seconds, less than 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. I can tell that story. I can tell the story of how he dunked on many people <laughs> and how he had 
Remember how you used to throw the ball up against the backboard yep. and then dunk it and everything? He was one of the first players to really do that, either in the game or just even in the dunk contest. I, I got to give it to Tracy McGrady. Who you got, Danny? Yeah, Jason, I was thinking about this and thinking about Tracy McGrady and his career and what he did not achieve. So he did have the seven All-Stars. He had the seven All-NBAs two-time scoring champion, but he never got that championship. Mm-hmm. He didn't make the finals. And I thought about that. And then, too, he had some injuries in his career, so he wasn't always available mm-hmm. during his career. But he was so dang explosive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had the handle, mm-hmm. and he could shoot it. He was an all-around good player, but he just never could get over the hump. So he had the statistics, but he never got that hardware, Mm -hmm. those rings. So then I thought about Zach Levine and looking at where he's come from. And he was in Minnesota, and that was a dumpster fire. (laughs) And then his first few years in Chicago have been the same thing, where finally they've given him some talent to play around him to really complement his skill set and mm-hmm. he can shoot it now his shot is consistent so when he first came out his shot was not consistent he was just straight dunking on cats mm-hmm. but now he actually has a game a perimeter game and you can kind of see he's starting he's starting to tr- he get on that trajectory man where he can become a star mm-hmm. Stay, you know everything he stays healthy and we'll really get to see that this year for the first time with the Bulls in the playoffs and what he can actually do. Mm-hmm. So thinking about that and these cards, and I'm like, man, Zach Levine, he's on that way, on his way. But until I see him do it and prove it over a consistent amount of time, I'm going to take Tracy McGrady's card as well in my portfolio. I think that T-Mac, just what he did over his career, even though he didn't get the championships. And just to think back what if Grant Hill wouldn't have had those ankle injuries. And if you yeah. remember, Tim Duncan was yep. considering going to Orlando, join Grant Hill and T-Mac. So it could have been T-Mac, Grant Hill, and Tim Duncan on the same squad. That almost came to fruition, but it didn't. I'm going to take T-Max rookie card in this scenario, but I'm very curious on Zach Levine and how his career um, grows over these next couple of years with a, a decent team around him finally. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is BackPorchTalkPodcast.com. You can also email us at BackPorchTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.